I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, bicon, bisexual icon, wink, and avid coffee drinker. Ah, yes you are. You do love a coffee. I, like, here's a, here's a problem. I'm on anti-anxiety medications. Right. <laughs> but then I drink, like, upwards of two cups of coffee a day. Why don't we cut to one? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to cut to one. Our, uh, our shared psychiatrist, uh-huh. um, which is very healthy of us, <laughs> super normal and fine. I think a psychiatrist, it's fine. It's not like we share a therapist. That's true. She was like, how about no coffee? Yeah. And I was like, how about you suck a dick? <laughs> like, there's no way. Do not talk to our psychiatrist I don't talk to way. her that way. She's very sweet and kind. But like, I, I, I can't. But then I I did like literally I am I am uh, maintaining a just a base level because I'm like a clonopin and a coffee. Those are that's just uh, we're back at zero. Right. Like I really urge you, let's cut down to one. Okay. And if you love the taste of it, just have decaf. If like uh, just the act of drinking it is soothing to you. Decaf's for quitters. Oh my god. <laughs> Speaking of, you just came from therapy. How was that? It was good. It was good. Um, we talked a lot about um, me trying to not repeat past romantic mistakes. And which are? Which are um, uh, moving too fast. Yes. And uh, like do uh, uh, excusing certain red flags at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, I was saying that I'm now being very – measured i'm i'm really like not getting ahead of myself i really 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 am not i'm proud of you and like i'm being very um i just am not even like letting it affect me in that like i'm not devastated by anything that happens like i don't think anything that happens could could make me like so sad because i'm just not letting myself get there that's wonderful it's so new that's very empowering when you know that someone can't break you Yes, that's the thing. Like, I'm trying really hard to be like, I'm not going to get to a place where um, I'm just, like, so invested. Because I don't want to do the thing of – and also, like, I'm trying not – like, I don't really believe in the one. Mm-hmm. I just don't. So I'm trying not to be like – I'd like to clarify, I don't either, even though people probably think that I do. Uh, no, I would I would imagine, and I think you've said a few times that you, you believe in, like, work, like if you find someone and it works to, like, make it, you're choosing to make you're it work. You're choosing to make it work. Yeah. I also think there's multiple people it could work with. Yes, absolutely. Um, it just depends on, you know, and there's, like, people in L.A. that I could, you know, that, like, are, are potential suitors as well. So I'm name not. Them. First and last name. No. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying. Um. I'm trying not to just, like, get so emotional about it. Like, I'm like, this is fun. This is good. Like, this is happening. And it's, like, a thing. But I'm, like, being a little guarded. Good. But I don't want it to – here's a problem with being guarded. Mm -hmm. Is that I don't want them to think I don't like them. I don't think that's going to be the case. You think? It's very obvious you like them. Well, yeah. But I'm just trying to not be – like, I, you know, I think people like when you're effusive about them and when you, like, text back and when you're, like, you know, very, like, uh, loving and, and like, f- you know, when you, like, just are very complimentary. But I have to try to also be, like, 
but I I'm, could leave at any time. <laughs> well, I, you I have know, to protect myself. Yeah, especially because there is long distance and I don't really see long-term potential here. It's sort of like what is what is the end game? And I think that maybe the end game right now is just like someone in your life that brings you joy and is like a friend and is supportive. And when you're together, there's like a romantic aspect of it. Yeah. But it's not like your partner. No, not not at this time. But <laughs> not at this time. Not at this time. No but further questions. It's been it's been a long um it's been a long pursuit. And so maybe that's also why I'm so calm about it. Cause I'm like, whatever, time is time. <laughs> you know? Like we've uh, as Regina Spector said, we've got time. We've got time and we've also got a new book coming out. Yeah. Please send help. Our sequel to the New York Times bestseller, I Hate Everyone But You, is available everywhere July 16th. Pick it up. Pick it Buy up. Buy it. Read it. Please. Tweet about it. Send us photos. Oh, my God. If you like us, you'll love the voices of the characters in this book because it is essentially us. And even if you hate us, maybe you'll like them better. That's very true. That's very <laughs> true. We have an incredible episode today. I'd say perhaps our, 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 our. Our what most famous guest? Oh well, that's debatable, but definitely debatable. most in the podcast world. Yeah, podcast queen and most um, famous to me personally. Okay, great. <laughs> so we will be talking to Georgia Hardstark later. Believe it or not, I I'm shook. I'm gagged. I'm gooped. I I'm freaking out. Uh, and then later in topics, we'll be discussing fandom. Does it go too far? And are celebrities responsible for how their fans act? We'll dive in deeper, but first, hit it! International question! International question! International question! Ashley, New Zealand. True international, baby. So this is very apt, to, based on what we were just talking about. Sure. But Ashley says, How do you avoid unhealthy relationships? I'm a straight woman, and I have recently gone out of a very emotionally abusive relationship, but didn't really realize it at the time, and things started out great, so it was hard to spot red flags or warnings as I confused them for just being passionate, i.e. saying I love you quickly and wanting to spend lots of time, like, every day together. Oof. This then turned into financial abuse and using the phone he bought me three months in against me. Ugh. At the time, these seemed like lovely gestures. I'm worried I'm attracted to over-the-top guys who are passionate and are actually going to screw me over and end up controlling. Have you two had any experience with this and with avoiding the same type of people? Have we ever? That's so crazy that that's exactly what you were just talking about. I know. <laughs> Have we ever? Okay, this is called love bombing. It is an abuse tactic. It is widely uh, known in the psychiatric community. And what it is is that someone comes at you hard in the beginning. They make you feel really special. They, like, they go really, really hard. As, uh, there's an element of it where they're like, I've never felt this way mm -hmm. before. They might think that they're telling the truth. They're definitely lying. I think that uh, – I think it depends on the person. I think sometimes they, they think that they're telling the truth. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. But, but some people are more manipulative and they're aware that they're not. But yeah. I have an ex who I, I believe he he thought he was telling the truth. Oh, well, yeah, that's a possibility too. But it is like, oh, my God, you're the one right off the bat. Mm -hmm. You're the love of my life. You're going to like whatever. Like I was in a cab with a guy after a first date and he thought it was cute to like tell the cab driver like this is my wife. Oh, this is my future wife. And did you guys end up together? Oh, yeah, we're married <laughs> right now. We're married right now. 
But I just mean like you got to be uh, wary of people who are just like so over the top right away because it's it also seems like it's something that they saw in a movie and they just think those yes, are the steps and absolutely. that's what they need to do to be a boyfriend. But like it's not sincere. I had one boyfriend where again it was very – he was a rebound. I was like heartbroken over someone else. So that's one of my big patterns, right? Mm-hmm. So in terms of like recognizing how I – what I keep repeating is I will I would do a thing where I would be in a relationship where the guy had all of the power mm-hmm. and where I liked him way more than he liked me. And then when he would break up with me, I would be so devastated and have such low self-esteem that I needed somebody who would kiss my ass. Yeah. So then I would immediately go to somebody who liked me way more than I liked them. Mm-hmm. And so that and, that and those guys often ended up kind of being the love bombing type. Yes. And I had one uh, relationship uh, where I, it was exactly what you were talking about, where, like, he would do these these romantic gestures, and he, like, bought me this necklace. And it was so funny because he, like, sent me – he, like, asked me advice on a necklace for, like, a shoot, but, like, at the it was clearly for me. Oh. And I, like, sent some references of, like, what I like, but I, I didn't realize it was for me. And then the necklace that he bought was awful. Oh, really? Like, I hated it, and I thought it was so ugly. And I obviously lied at the time and pretended I love it. Yeah. But, you know, like, it's like that moment where, like, in your core, you're like, oh, this person doesn't get me. Yes. They don't understand what I actually like, but yes. they, in their head, have seen someone give this. this grand gesture uh-huh. and give this necklace. And so... I'm really, really uncomfortable with a grand gesture up top. Really uncomfortable. Yes. Super uncomfortable. And people, I think a lot of times, men in particular, think that that's, like, the thing. Oh, my God, I'm going to surprise her with this huge gift, like, after three dates. And I'm like, um, I'm scared. <laughs> I I think it's, like, it's, it, it's controlling because it's them making a claim on you. It's like a stake. It's like, I bought you this big thing up top. Now you are mine, and you can't leave. And you also have to recognize that unless, let's say, you somehow got trapped with them in a basement for, like, 72 hours and you talked about everything about your lives they don't really know you that well exactly so they're more responding to an idea of you absolutely and that's something you have to be very wary of yes absolutely so i i think like it there is something to being like wow we really like each other but there's also something to being like let's take this slow let's like have boundaries let's like you know, not be in each other's business immediately. And Ashley, that's something that you can you can force. Yes. Like you can you can avoid these mistakes by putting up those boundaries and by not being available to these guys twenty four seven and seeing how they respond to that. I mean, this is how I feel where I don't want to lose this person I'm talking to because they think I don't like them. But when does that ever happen? When when if you're like, okay, I'm free Thursday, and they're like, but I wanted to see you Tuesday, and you're like, well, I'm free Thursday. If that person is a stable, normal person, they'll wait until Thursday. Yeah, but sometimes you get, like, I've seen you when you're dating, like, if the guy doesn't respond enough, you'll be like, well, I'm not going to put in the effort. Fuck this. Uh, But then, but there's a, dif- there's a difference between, like, d- going on dates, like, Twice a week instead of five times a week and not responding. Yeah. Like you can – like it's very obvious when someone is still engaged with the relationship and wanting to continue to see you versus Mm -hmm. like being absent and and like negligent. Yeah. Yeah. So it can help if you like, you know, 
for me, I really need to kind of know what the plan is. Yeah. So if if you're used to sort of like moving fast, like maybe so you're not like suddenly like feel like you're overwhelmed by like or you're not loved enough yeah, or whatever. Make sure that you always, you know, at the end of every date, set up the next date. Oh, got it. So you know that the date is happening and yeah. when the date is happening, but just like don't have it be the next day. Yeah. And don't I would say don't accept expensive gifts. Um like uh, until like a, li- a more time has passed. Like I understand things are kind, like it's kind to do, but like I I mean I remember in like high school a guy I was like casually talking to bought me a ring. And I was like freaking out and talking to my mom about it and she was like just give it back. Mm-hmm. And I was like oh my God, I can just give it back? <laughs> she was like, yeah, just give it back. So I like went to him and I was like, I'm so sorry, I have to give this back to you. Like, I like you, but I just, I can't, I can't do this like big thing. What do you say? He was upset. But yeah. like, I I was like, if I accept this, he's gonna think that I owe him something and he's gonna think that like, I'm his girlfriend. Right. And so I didn't, and I didn't want like, you know, six months later for him to go, well, I bought you that expensive ring. So that's a huge red flag and something that it took me a really long time to realize not everybody does. Yeah. Is people who are are keeping a tally in their head yes. of the things that they've done for you and then throw it in your face later. Yes, I hate that. So that is like a, that is a huge red flag and it can be scary because you might not realize it until a little bit into the relationship because it's obviously not something that can come up date two. They can't be like, well, on date one, I took you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But that is a very harmful, awful trait for yes. someone to have. And yes. if you notice that your partner is doing this, talk to them about it. And if they continue to do it, I would get out. Yeah, absolutely. Like one of my boyfriends would throw it in my face all the time that he came to my apartment and that I didn't go to his apartment. Yeah. And it became this like huge thing and he would make me feel guilty all the time. And then I would be like, okay, let's go to your apartment. He'd be like, no, no, I'll just come to yours. But I knew that he was just going to then throw that in my tally face. Tally it, tally it, yeah. And it was such negative, like toxic behavior and it became this cycle that I didn't know how to get out of. Mm-hmm. And that just proves that this person is, there's like a meanness to them. Yeah. There's like something that is like not loving. Yeah. And literally last night, I uh, I like went to my boyfriend's softball game because uh, I'm really supportive. And, <laughs> and it's on Thursday nights, right? And so my birthday is on a Thursday night. And I was like, I was like, I realized like, oh, I was like, oh, you're going to have to miss your softball game mm-hmm. for my birthday. And he was like, well, yeah, of course. And I was like, well, you didn't even like mention that. And he was like, well, what was I going to say? Like, I wasn't going to go to your birthday dinner because I have a softball game. Yeah. And also he wasn't going to be like, I'm missing my softball exactly. game for you. And in his head, because he's such a good person, he would never do that. Mm-hmm. It would never even occur to him to bring that up to me. Right. But he doesn't know that so many people would. Absolutely. And so, like, these types of, like, very small things can really reveal someone's character. Yes, for sure. And I said to him, I was like, I, I'm so appreciative that you've literally never thrown anything in my face. Yeah, that, like, he wouldn't be like, oh, well, I'm doing this for you, but, like, I'm so sad about my softball game. Or even just, like, a, like a passing comment of, like, oh, when's dinner? Yeah, I'm missing my game. Yeah. You know, like, these little things where they're trying to make you feel guilty. Yeah, none of that. None of that. And, and people, you know, obviously not everyone is perfect when you start dating them. Yeah. And I think that you don't need to, like, bounce 
the first time someone right, does that right, to you, right. but you need to acknowledge it and you need to see if it's a pattern. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I had to learn is listen to what the person is telling you. Yes. So sometimes people up top will be like, well, this is what I'm like. And in my head, I'll be like, probably not. Yeah. Or like, oh, that's cute or what. But then like the reality of like, listen to exactly what they're telling you. Yeah. Take it at face value. Believe that that will be their truth. And then is that something you want to deal with? And see if it matches up to their actions. Because there's like a few conflicting things where people will say, I think, up top to seem cool. They'll be like, I'm a commitment phobe. I love casual, blah, blah, blah. And then like, like you know, their actions don't don't match up to that. So like, but, some- but that's an example of listen to what they're saying because then you're thinking, oh, well, with me, they're not a commitment phobe and we're going to be in a relationship. And then when you bring it up, they're like, I told you I'm looking for exactly, something casual. Exactly. <laughs> but sometimes that'll flip. Sometimes they'll say that and then and then you start to get a pit in your stomach where you see their actions don't match up to that. So also listen to your gut too. Right. And like, and like you can learn from past relationships. Like there's a thing where it's sometimes people go, well, okay, but if someone reminds you of someone else, uh, that, that's not fair. You have to give them a chance. They're their own individual person. But no, I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. I think if someone is giving you, uh, reminding you of a person who had these red flags, you can't, you can't do it again. I recently, like the last time I was single a couple months ago and I was online dating, I met this guy and like we got along great and we like talk. It was like such easy communication, but there was stuff where I was like, this is reminding me of my ex. Yes. And I literally, and you know, when I ended things and, and I told him and he kind of wanted more of an explanation, I said, look, like you just remind me of my ex and it's just like a pattern I do not want to continue. I just did that with someone too, where I was like, I oh my God, these are the things I love about you. Like, I love a weirdo. I love this. I love that. And then I was kind of like, we can't, we can't really do this. I'm not in a place. And also like, I can't, I just, I can't recreate this person that ended up not being right. Mm -hmm. Because that means that I am attracted to things about you. Obviously, I was attracted to my ex, but I just already know that this is not, that you have these qualities that don't work out. And Ashley, I think that, there is something attractive about a partner who is discerning. Someone mm. who is not going to immediately jump into a fast-paced relationship with you. Yes. That, that is cautious, that has higher standards. Yes. That, like, is making sure that, like, you're actually right for each other. Yeah. Because then when they choose you and you choose them, it means more. Yeah. It's not just like you are boyfriend and you are girlfriend. It's you as you as you and them as them. And that's that's something that can really last. Absolutely. Beautiful. We are so smart. (laughs) If you want to submit your international question, send it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. Stick around after the break because we're getting that juicy interview with Georgia Hardstark. Just between us. Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment known to all of podcasting. Tough questions. We have an incredible guest today. Oh, I'm very excited. And what's really cool is that this is her first podcast. She's never been on mic before, ever. I know. She didn't know how to put the headphones on. This is a really rare occurrence. We're so glad. Uh, We have Georgia Hardstark here. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy to be here. Georgia does my favorite murder with Karen Kogarev. It's a true crime.
Crime Comedy Podcast. It's great. Uh, maybe also, the biggest podcast around. I would say so. Uh, Do you also, every day get in a like a, a fight with Ira Glass over who's the biggest <laughs> podcast? Yeah, and it like makes us both bigger uh-huh. because it's yeah. like, oh, they're gonna are they gonna beat each other up? It's or like what? a feud. Yeah. yeah, you have to have a feud to get publicity. <laughs> I, I just want to be big enough one day to to feud Ira Glass. <laughs> so just specifically yeah. Ira yes. Glass. Great. Uh, they also had a book come out called "Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered." Uh, so, and that was like hopped right to the top of the charts. Yeah. yeah. Was that so exciting? It was so crazy. It's, so cool. it's bananas. <laughs> yeah. I, everyone is, uh, uh, you have like a very supportive fan base. I know. They're so sweet. Murderinos are like the best people ever. It's awesome. And you have incredible bangs. Thank you so much. I was going to say. Okay. Okay. And I'm very judgmental of bangs because oh, yeah. I take them so seriously myself. Yeah. And yeah. yours are maybe some of the best I've ever seen. Thank you. I just cut them myself. Oh, wow. You do so that you too. Do that. You do that too. Yeah. Yours look great. Well, these are this is professional. Okay. Yeah. Bangs are like a lifelong lifestyle oh, yeah. commitment. Well, I grew them out a couple years ago. That was a mistake. Yeah. I'm not I don't need that D- much face. Don't ever no. do that. Yeah. It's I like that it. bang recognizes bang. Like Absolutely. it's just, just like Well, you know. I'll show myself the fuck out of here then. <laughs> Jesus. So uh you are also a mental health advocate. Yeah. And specifically, you do a lot about medication. Yeah. Pharmaceuticals. Yeah. So I hate we, the pharmaceutical company, but, but they help me. <laughs> yeah, we want to talk about that because we've talked a lot about mental health on here. And I think like sometimes people are very anti-medication. Yeah. And I, I know that you you and Jen Gotch did the yeah. thing with you. Can you explain that? Oh, so she, I mean, it's all her. She posted, a, she's so like, I'm so inspired by her. Mm. Let's um, say her name again for the viewers. Jen Gotch. She does audience. a bandeau. Bandeau, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's so cool and inspiring and like honest and real. And she posted a photo of her little hand with her pharmaceuticals in it, the meds she takes to not feel like fucking shit all the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to do that too. And I did it also. And then someone ca- hashtagged it, my favorite meds. And oh, I love people that. have just been like showing off their medication that they need to, you know, live a normal life and be happy, which is fucking, you should be like supporting that. And we should all be praising that. And if it's not for you, great, but it's really great for other people. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't think there's any, shouldn't be shame around it. Like needing help and getting it, that should be celebrated. Yeah. I think people are like, God, I take too many or whatever. Oh, I take so many. (laughs) So many. Oh yeah. Hey, uh, what what are you on? (laughs) Really? Okay. I'm on Wellbutrin and... I love Wellbutrin. Uh, yeah. That man, that's like a baseline that I think every fucking Everyone person be needs it. to be on. I just started on it and I think it's giving me an accelerated heart rate. Cool. Oh, that, that's a definitely probably... Yeah, setting. it causes more anxiety. So I don't oh, know. We're gonna, you? Yeah, we're going to try to cut it in half and see what happens. Yeah. Okay. What a journey. Well, that's the whole thing is that it is a journey. It is. Yeah. I know. You got to find that perfect cocktail. Yeah, and then <sighs> that perfect cocktail in two years might not fucking work anymore. You have to go back. Yeah. But yep. then when it starts working, like I think mine is right, and I just added a new thing that I don't remember the name of, I feel fucking great now. Yeah. You know? Isn't that just such a wonderful relief? Yeah. Where you're like, oh, yes, this is how a brain should work. Right. <laughs> it's so disappointing that it, mine doesn't, but it's like, well, now it does. Well, thank God it's not like the 20s. Right. I'd be dead. <laughs> I'd be like, more cocaine, everyone. <laughs> yeah. They're like, uh, I guess just lock her up and give her a yeah. bunch of uh, lithium and cocaine and we'll see what happens. I've had multiple conversations with a couple of friends who are 
in crisis. Like, their anxiety is out of control. Yeah. And there's still such reluctance to go on meds. I have those friends, too. And it's like, well, you think you're smarter than all these psychiatrists right? who have been doing this for fucking years? And you yeah. can just beat your anxiety that's caused by the world being a terrible fucking place <laughs> and, like, trying to live a happy life? You think you're going to fix that? It's it's also hard. Well, one of them is now, I think, going to go on. And the other one, I mean, I've been talking to her about this for years. And it's honestly, it's getting frustrating yeah. for me. Because... At a certain point, it's like, I can only hear you be upset about something so much if you're not going to try to fix it. Do they go to therapy? I mean, like, I guess for people who, like, meds are pretty extreme if you're not already going to therapy. I she's sh- in therapy. Is she? Yes. Huh. And she's had anxiety since she was a kid. Oh, wow. Like, crippling anxiety where I think her, I, I'm, like, honestly pissed at her parents that they didn't address it when she was wow. younger. I, like, just say my name, Allison. <laughs> it's not you. Just say my name. You're on meds. Why yeah. you just drag me like this? So, like, but have you ever been... Uh, too anxious to take your medication? <laughs> ha- no. Really? Sometimes I'll be like, I'll be like, talk myself out of like the Klonopin or like oh, the stuff Xanax, that's like the yeah. Xanax or whatever. I'll get like scared of taking the I medication yeah. to make my anxiety not happen. You know what I've noticed though for me, like I take, I have Xanax. I've, Klonopin makes me fucking fall face down first <laughs> asleep. I can take like a full Klonopin and just like go out on a jog. You feel nothing. <laughs> yeah, I should try it again. I have like an incredible like, tolerance. When you have anxiety and you just know that it's there if you need it, like yeah, I take it, it so rarely because mm-hmm. of that reason alone. Yeah, I've heard that you know? before that just looking at it and going, okay, I have this. Yeah, so like I'll let's be fine. wait five minutes if I, if doesn't work Mm -hmm. i'll try it what do you mean that you talk yourself out of it again yeah i'll be like oh i shouldn't take i shouldn't take it like this is you're afraid of becoming dependent on it no like i'll be like i'll minimize like i'll be like oh Oh. i'm not even panicking right now so i Mm. shouldn't take it it's like you don't give yourself the benefit of the doubt no you need like you need to chill (laughs) no and then i'll be like i have to in my mind go no no that's what this is for yeah which is so like, because I, you, I guess, like, it's also sort of a female thing to be like, I'm fine. Yeah. My heart's not beating out of my chest. Everything's great. Oh, I'm always like, I'm n- I'm not okay. My head hurts a little. <laughs> 400 Tylenol, I please. Yes, yes, fix it now. What, um, when did you start on meds? Uh, I was pretty young. I was, pr- let's see, I, I want to say that I was in, like, junior high when I started taking uh, I, I can't remember, but it was some basic antidepressant because mm-hmm. I'd been going to therapy since I was like five or six years old. Oh, what? Like, how did your parents like know to do that? Um, I, they got a divorce when I was five and I was like hi- like not doing great, yeah. hiding under the staircase, like reading a book the whole time. Yeah. So they were like, let's take her. At least her. you were learning. Yeah. I wasn't like, I wasn't doing drugs. You were killing animals in the backyard. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, I just started this hobby. Uh, no, they thought that was normal. I Yeah. And so then by junior high, it was like, clearly I was had some depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then like looking back, these like, I used to think I had a heart problem and at like eight. And now mm-hmm. I look back, I'm like, oh, you were having a fucking panic attack. Yes. At, and you just thought something was wrong with your heart. And you didn't understand why you'd have this like sudden wave of depression for no like sadness. And your parents didn't bring up medication? Were you no, in therapy did. that whole time? Um, On and off. Yeah. No, they're like, we're Jewish and, and LA. So I feel like we're just like, Everyone, like, we're all on meds. We're all on therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, not – it's something you have to do, I feel like, in my, like, little world Mm -hmm. and my family. So it wasn't a big deal, which is great. I'm lucky. 
What um what would you say cuz I've had people even in LA where I'm like you should be legally required to go to therapy. <laughs> yes. But but I've had people be like I don't need to go to therapy. I don't want to go to therapy. Like what if someone said that to you what would you say? Well, do they, I mean not everyone needs like someone who you think are like you fucking need it. Yeah. Ah, some people just aren't ready to unpack all that shit cuz it's true. It's like you have to be honest and real and deal with shit and some people are not fucking ready to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's hard and like sometimes your life gets shittier for a little while or you get more depressed because you're unpacking this like your childhood traumas and you know like the reason you make these mistakes are because of these things in the past and you don't want to fucking talk about it and think about it and live in it and so you kind of I get that you kind of have to be in a place where you're ready to do that but once you do life gets so much better and you're able to use these tools that they give you to make good decisions and to live a happy life that like services you know, you and your needs and wants. Does that make sense? Yeah, so many things my therapist has said have just like wormed their way into my, I'm like, this is now the thing that I believe. Mm -hmm. And it's like so, like just little things I've been, like I would like beat myself up over not being productive. And then one time she was like, well, I think procrastination is part of the creative process. And I was like, I have to lie down. Like this is incredible. (laughs) Like just things where I'm like, oh, of my, course. My therapist uh, taught me, she told me one time, you worship at the altar of doubt. Ah! And I was like, fucking shit. That like moved me. Because oh. it's true. Like I love doubting things because th- when the good things happen, it's yeah. great. But yeah. was it hard for you? Because you had like very intense, somewhat sudden success. Yeah. And so did that bring on your anxiety in a big way? Definitely. Like, mo- like things around money. Like I had always lived Oof. paycheck to paycheck before a couple years ago mm-hmm. and so that is hard and weird and and then like yeah p- having people know who you are and know stuff about you yeah and then writing the book so we wrote this book that was really fucking personal and so I had to go to therapy all the time because I had like I was bringing shit up that I hadn't thought about in a long time mm-hmm. yeah just to add what my therapist said yeah. that sticks with me go on what did uh, Sherry she, say Sherry said she, one of the things that's always stuck with me is that like that I should walk through the world with grace that's beautiful. Oh. Yeah. And so like a lot of times that's just like I like I feel like Grace has like a big definition, but it's yeah. sort of just like with respecting myself, with respecting other people. Yeah. Not like a fester of like nerves and anxiety. Oh, that's lovely. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna think of that. Uh, mine does too say that like about therapy is that so you use these tools as a kid or whatever in your life to get through it. And yeah. mine were like – and they worked really well for you. And now you're at a place in your adult life where they don't service you anymore. Like having anxiety about someone yelling or having anxiety about not being good enough. Like that worked for you until you were a certain age. And now you can learn different tools that, mm-hmm. that work for you now. Like, But we're all still using the tools we learned as kids yeah. that might be shitty tools. Yeah. And to, like, realize that you're not that person anymore. Right. Is really, like, that, like, me gaining self-confidence was a, a true journey. And yeah. now. Ugh, so important. Try to knock me down. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, now I'm a monster. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, that's also, like, I think if you think of yourself as a certain type of level of success and then it changes, yeah. you're like, well, who am I? Yeah. Like, now I'm, now I'm like, you know, I have a savings account? What the hell is right. that? Or like, my, t- my thing too is like, it's going to go away. It's all yeah. going to go away and you're going to, and people are going to think you're so stupid and mm-hmm. it's going to go away forever. Don't get used to it. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't deserve it. It's like, oh, oh yeah. I was, yeah. The, you don't deserve it is yeah. huge. Yeah. Ugh. I know. Uh, do you have side effects from your meds? Uh, yeah, my libido blows. Even on the Wellbutrin? Yeah. It just is, that, like, that way for me, but... That's what Zoloft did. 
Yeah. Zoloft oh, I'm on Zoloft also. Yeah, Zoloft did that to me. <sighs> it's a bummer, but yeah, we work through it. <laughs> there was like a. Because I, I am like a very sexual person and someone I told someone like, oh, I'm on Zoloft. And they were like, this is you on mute? Like, this is what you're like on mute? Are you just a monster when you're not on it? I was like, kind of, yeah. yeah. But I think you associate sex with power in a, in a way that probably like – Circumvents act- the Zoloft? Yes. God, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's less in your body and more like, I must dominate you. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's not about like your sex drive. That's about your – personality thank god for that you know what I mean wow (laughs) otherwise I need that yeah has that been because you're married Uh and so what has that been like with your partner if you if I may be so bold um for me it's just like getting it's like getting in the mindset and it's also because my anxiety is so big that it's like I can't stop in the middle of fucking stressing out all day Mm -hmm. to go bone right but I have to be like this is for your marriage and like you Mm -hmm. and I do enjoy it it's just Mm -hmm. my my brain never goes to that place of like hey let's fuck Mm -hmm. I'm like never that person Had, were you ever uh no yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's not yeah. like less of a shift yeah. at least yeah. where you don't feel like you lost some part of yourself not at all not yeah. at all no yeah. but if you if you are a person who's like scared of side effects yeah. like going on medication it's like you can adjust that stuff like totally. when i went on the zoloft and 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 i like was it was too low of a libido, I was like, hi, knock, knock. This is important to me. Yeah. We need to change this that, right now. A good psychiatrist will ask you that too. Like, yeah. how important is this? Like, I've gained some yes. weight. Like, how important, how important is that to And you? there are meds that don't mm-hmm. have those specific side mm-hmm. effects that you're worried about. Yeah, yeah, that's what I always say is like, it's like, wh- what are you willing to live with? Right. right. And so for me, when I was on Zoloft, I gained like over 20 pounds. And like, Shit. after a while, I was like, well, I don't want to live like this. Yeah. And now the meds that I'm on, I'm pretty sure make me hot and sweaty. Oh, no. Uh, but that's fine. Like, yeah. I, that, yeah. that to me is like something that I can live with. Oh, life. I would gain weight before I would lose my sex drive. For sure. <laughs> I it's like you were going to say before you were hot and sweaty. No, I'm already hot and sweaty all the time. Say. Well, you <laughs> know, it's like, I have that thing too where when I'm happy, I eat. And when I'm yeah. not, I don't. And so sometimes I feel like I'm just gaining weight on, on Zoloft or whatever because now I'm not depressed all the time mm-hmm. and food doesn't seem like such a chore to slog through. Yeah. Now I'm like, I can't wait to eat food. Yeah. Also, it was funny when we when I first got when we got first got the job at BuzzFeed and I actually had like a paycheck and I had money, I gained some weight and I was like, what's going on? And it was just because I could eat. Yeah. Right yeah. yeah. And it was just because I was like so happy to be able to buy groceries that yeah. I just suddenly gained a bunch of weight. And there were a lot of free snacks. Yes, oh, I was like, that's a problem. That's how you know someone's happy. <laughs> They've gained sure. some weight. When I'm skinny, there's something not right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been um, on this real journey with my body since the Zoloft change. Yeah. And, like, uh, I read this thing that was interesting that, like, I, I don't know if I've brought this up, but that, like, women feeling like they need to lose weight is just, like, another way that, the, like, patriarchy controls us. Yes. Yes. Because it makes us focus on that instead of, like, everything else that's important. You sent me an article about that. Yeah. I We're- totally agree with that. And to, to a point, though, like... I used, when I was younger and I was had my eating disorder issues, I never weighed more than 107 pounds. That's too fucking small for me. Yeah. And when I'm really happy, I'm 130. Mm-hmm. But I can't fit into my cute vintage dresses and I can't fit into my stuff. Like, all I want to mm-hmm. do is do that. I'm not trying to, like, look hot for anyone. Yeah. I think that's You just want to okay. fit into dresses like, from the 50s. Exactly. <laughs> I think there's, like, your healthy weight. Right. Yeah, like, and exactly. everyone's body is completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, your healthy weight might be five pounds more than, like, what you wish it was. That's exactly yeah. right. And then the mental energy that it takes to lose those extra five pounds, that's where the issue is. Yes. Yeah. Because it becomes an obsession and it's, like, your whole lifestyle and it's, like, all you're thinking. 
talking and about. everything will be fine once I'm there. Exactly. And it's not now. And you're going against what your body wants, what right, your body truly. exists as. Yeah. Yeah. And so just like pick your side effects based on what you, what, what's more important pick to you. Pick your side effects. Love your body. Yeah. We, we wanted to talk about something else too because we – so we're business partners. Yeah. We're best friends. And uh, we've met other female business partners and they've been like, we never fight. We're fucking Stepford. Like, and she and I went and did this podcast where these girls, we were like, oh, you guys must fight all the time. And they said no. And then we, like a married couple, got in the car afterwards and we're like, well, they're not going to work out. That's insane. <laughs> That's not a real you relationship. You have to fight yeah. to be good. Yeah. We were like, well, okay, whatever, weirdos. Yeah. Um, and you and Karen talk a lot about like, you guys go to therapy together. Yeah. We do. Yeah. We're not right now, but we did for a little while and it was so helpful. We've never done that. I think we should. How long were you friends before you became Not busy? long enough. Seriously, See, like, too. we say we got married on our, or we had a kid on our honeymoon. Yeah. Like, we were, like, friends for, like, six, six months, months before we started yeah, working together. More, Karen and I weren't even that long either. Yeah. Wow. Because it's hard. You don't know the other person, and you both have strengths, yep. and it's hard to work with, an, it's hard to work with someone else mm-hmm. when you're an A-type, pers- type A personality mm-hmm. who's, like, trying to make a career out of it, and, like, there's so much at stake. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's. I mean, we we fought all the time, and we don't anymore because we like learned some tools. But our therapist, who was so amazing, he was like, "You guys, it's amazing that you found someone who's the perfect trigger for all your shit." That's what we That's are. Exactly. What yeah. That's what we yeah. are. Like you drive me nuts in a way no one else. Right. Does. Yeah. Same. And if I'm in a bad mood, like it's unfair to you that I I just get so annoyed with you. I yeah. think we are we are at like old married couple levels. Yeah. We're you, like, which sucks because you skip all the like fun, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like the honeymoon. You get like yeah. you skip that. When who came up with the idea to go to therapy together? Uh, I think we both did because we've both been in therapy for a long time, and we kind of joked about it. We both had bad um, partnerships, like bad ending partnerships with women in the past. Okay, and so we both kind of knew that like how bad it could get. So we meet, I think we pretty quickly were like, we need to. And we blew up so quickly that it was like, that was scary and overwhelming and felt huge. And like, I felt like one we could take one wrong step and it would implode. And so yeah. I was being really controlling. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we just had to. And did you get a new therapist? Yeah, we found someone. That like, neither of you had seen. Exactly. I don't think you can go to that. You should go to the same. Like no. in couples therapy too, like you don't want to go to your therapist. Yeah, but it's interesting, like that therapist being like, so uh, I see podcast partners and YouTubers, <laughs> and like, yeah. that's, what that's their job. He was very. We had to ex- like explain to him what yeah. a podcast is and what what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, was talking about you just this week, Abby, and it was so funny because like. My therapist, it was, like, so obvious. Like, she's never met you, but I have talked about you so much. She, like, talks like she knows you. She's yeah. like, well, then, you know, and Gabby's like this. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, she is like that. <laughs> yeah. My my therapist, I've talked about you for so long, and then I finally, I realized she didn't know what you looked like, so I finally, like, showed her a photo oh, of you, like, funny. a year ago, and she was like, oh, she's very pretty. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know what I expected. I don't know. And I was like, that's so funny. Don't you think they Google you, though? I'm always like, do they she Google says I she want her to Google me. I know. She I says want she her doesn't. to watch my stuff. My, she... Mine and Vince's therapist listens to our podcast once in a while, Whoa. and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. She's, she's read a full script of mine, a feature. Wow. She's read a book proposal, but I don't think she watches our videos. No, she Kristen's read my our books. Yeah. Wow, that's but awesome. That's kind of it. And she had me sign one for her wife, which was very cute. Uh, one time my therapist said, you know, you don't really talk about your issues with your sister anymore. And I was like, cool, yeah. And then she was like, now we talk about Gabby. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, that's like, what? so how, what do you guys, 
like is it the therapist is like the neutral party who yeah. kind of is like okay here's who's right and who's wrong basically? not who's who's right and who's wrong who's he like it he, like you know you'll yell about this whole thing and this yeah. thing that's going wrong and then he'll say to you like here's what she's trying to say like mm. it's kind oh. of it's just an interpreter because yeah. there's there, there's so much emotional charge going on between she Karen and I yeah. that we are not going to be able to like explain what we mean and I, like I would do find myself just explaining over and over what I meant, mm-hmm. and it's like not nah, it's not working. I'm saying it wrong. Are you the you're the more type A person? Mm, no, we both are, which is oh, like hard. Good. Yeah, in our own special way. But now yeah. we found a, like this rhythm where it's like Karen's strengths are stuff that I cannot fucking do, mm-hmm. and my strengths and my the things I do Karen can't. You know Karen what are they? Bring. Break it down for my, us. Mine are I'm just constantly trying to create like new things and and like next steps and I'm really impatient and I want things like now 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 and it's like idea 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 mm-hmm. um yeah I don't know what are her strengths she's fucking she's just a badass and it's really <laughs> cool to be like to be on the receiving end of her badassness <laughs> like you know some if someone tries to fuck around and fuck us over Karen mm-hmm. will not fucking let that go like slip by where I'm kind yeah. of a pushover and 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 meek and a little scared of confrontation mm-hmm. and she's not like that and I think that I'm like reaping the benefits of that from her. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. So she's just kicking indoors. Yeah. Like here's how we're to be treated. She's a badass and she knows how the industry works and yeah. she's like not going to get pushed around and it's it's impressive. I I've become that. definitely more like confident in my myself since like Aww. watching her do it. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Do you guys still hang out as friends? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're together all the time because of work, but it's mm-hmm. like we're still always like talking and like gabbing and being girly and friends together. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. still. Do you have special friend time? No. <laughs> it's I all try, the time. I try to have special friend time with Gabby. <laughs> Where you just do something that's not work related. Yeah. That's yeah. smart. She really, you do try for that a lot. Aww. I think it's important. It is. It stops yeah. happening. I don't feel like your friend. I feel like your sister. Yeah. That's what we always say. Yeah. yeah. Because I it feel has like that to with be... Karen. We, and we both have older sisters. Like, yeah. So mm-hmm. we both kind of have fallen into that role. Because it's unconditional yeah. in a way that your other friendships are. Right. You but... can't get away from me. No. Right. <laughs> so can't. I can say whatever I fucking want. Yeah, exactly. Which is not good. I know. Because <laughs> you can't bad. get away. Can't get away from me. But it's also like there's some, there's some comfort in it. Yeah. In that like you know that, that you can't get away. And then there's also like more annoyance than you would like if a, if a regular friend right. annoyed me as much as you annoy me I wouldn't be their friend anymore yeah, yeah but that we wouldn't be in the situations where I would annoy you know no if I we know were but I'm just, I'm just saying that yeah. there's like more highs and lows yeah there's totally like and true. then like all the best things that have happened in my life have been with you yeah yeah so it's like a it's a roller coaster you can't like as much as you're mad at that person in that moment you can't discount like what you guys have made together is special exactly. and so there's a reason for that you're like mm-hmm. wow there's something here that that people are seeing yeah. that is like magical yeah. between these two personalities. Maybe I should see it too. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What is it? I know. Because people dun. latched onto us pretty quickly. Yeah. You guys have chemistry. What's that about? You're both. Don't try to kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> kiss, 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 kiss. Oh, that's finally come back to that. Uh, I'm on this side of the table. Um, have you ever thought about what your career would look like if you guys parted ways? Or do you uh, not even let your brain go there? Uh, I don't want the, I don't want a career after this. 
<laughs> I want to be done. done. You're retired? Yeah. Oh, I'd like to so ride this into retirement. That's I, great. I'm lazy at heart. And like, all I want to do is like hang out with my cats and yeah. you know, read books. So That's I, great. Under a staircase? Under a staircase. <laughs> uh, wherever. Yeah. Before we move on into our next very exciting segment, do you have any advice advice for us as a, as a friendship pair? Oh, go to therapy. I mean, oh really do it if yeah. you want. I know it's like seems extreme, but it's kind of it's the same way you go to therapy with, you know, a, a l- intimate partner. Yeah. It would be like you, you just are trying to work some shit out and, you know, you might get you might become better people because of it. I think Karen and I totally did. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to be a better person. <laughs> <laughs> would you go to therapy with me if I was making more money? Oh. Right now, I don't have enough money to double it. therapy. Okay. But, um, oh, I have triple therapy. It's expensive. You do with your husband alone yeah. and with Karen? Yeah. Karen and I are off, or not doing it right now, but yeah. Oh, and that's, wow. And that's and three different therapists? Three different fucking therapists. And that's polyamory. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, now it is time for our favorite segment, Hypotheticals. <laughs> it's America's favorite game show. Are you ready to be part of a game show? Always. Okay. So I'm going to give you scenarios. You're going to tell me what you would do in those scenarios, and then I'll tell you probably why you're wrong. Okay. So I've never seen them either, so we're playing either against each other or together. It really depends on what the scenario is. (laughs) Okay, so first game is, would you stay with this cheater? Here we go. Okay. You and your spouse have always had a list of celebrities that you can sleep with if you had the opportunity. One of the people on your spouse's list is the fictional character Princess Leia. Your spouse returns home from a convention and says they've slept with Princess Leia, impersonator. Uh, <laughs> Would you stay with this cheater? No. Wow. They were in costume the whole time. No. Okay. Well, so that's tricky, interesting. Tricky, Because why did you allow them to put a, fi- a, a fictional character on the list? Yeah. Because you wanted them to write their truth. Because you thought they were kidding. You didn't think they'd fuck a fucking yeah. person and, and like... Fake but, like cinnamon rolls in the side of their fucking head. Yeah, and I think too, if you're in an open, you are an open relationship. Maybe like, aren't you supposed to like communicate that yeah. beforehand? Yeah, not in an, you're not in an open okay, relationship. Then, you just have the list. Then you're just no. Fuck I would that also guy. think before the before you do it, shoot a text. Totally. Being like, hey, Princess there Leia's wasn't about any to service happen. at the convention center. Oh, there oh wasn't? please, it's you a fucking oh, convention. Convention center with no service. Oh, there wasn't. <laughs> oh, okay. All those bloggers are so yeah. bummed. There's too many people. Okay, interesting. And also. The the person stayed in character the whole time. Yeah. You just keep saying that as if it makes a difference. <laughs> what what are, would you say? Oh, absolutely not. Oh, okay, great. Good. Okay, so okay, so But I I think that you should. Me? Stay. Yeah, Gabby should stay. Okay, so Georgia says no staying. Mm-hmm. I say yes staying. Now what? We find out it's your next door neighbor. The Princess Leia was yes. your next yeah. door neighbor. It's someone you knew and that they'd flirted with before. Ew. Uh, so, they, so then I, I made, I'm wrong. You made a huge mistake. <laughs> okay. I'm, I would say if you have a list with your spouse, they cannot be fictional characters. Why? That just takes. A, that just means it's less people. I just think that that guy is or f- person is really stupid if they think they're going to fucking get away with that. So you should break up with them because they're really dumb. Yeah. To oh, begin with, and a cheater. Be yeah. like, I don't care that you cheated. You're just too stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I've broken up with people for that reason. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Our next game is, is this a date? Okay. <laughs> Your best friend is newly single and invites you to go bathing suit shopping. They insist you come into the dressing room while they change and try things on. They make eye contact with you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> is this a date? 
No. The eye contact the, the whole, whole time, <laughs> That's baby. That's weird. Uh, have you ever done this with them before? Never. Have you ever seen them naked before? No. Are you a close friend of theirs? Best friend. Oh, well, see, I'm a naked person. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, person. yeah. But the eye contact is where it like steps yeah. over the line a little bit. And if bit. you look away at all, they go, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's not a date. I think you're, you're married at that point. Yeah. I think it's not a date. I think they're trying to kill you. Like, I think they're going to murder you. Yeah. They're seducing you. You've never been seduced while no, bathing I've never, I've never been seduced. Also, here's, the, here's what I would think is that they're, they're shoplifting. They're putting oh. the bathing suits on and then putting their clothes over it to walk out. And they're trying to do the eye contact of like, yeah. look what I'm doing. Look what, yeah, you get in on this no, with they're me. they're not shoplifting. Yeah, they're shoplifting. <laughs> they're they're trying to get off on like being, um like showing off. What is it? An exhibitionist? exhibitionist? Oh, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and you're their first target. Is she Princess, Le- is this the Princess Leia chick again? Oh! No, that would be insane. It's their spouse. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the spouse from the first one? No, it's the Princess Leia spouse. Oh. The Princess Leia was cheating too? Absolutely. Here's what happens. Is Allison's building a real Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> where everyone in these hypotheticals is related to each other it's, somehow. It's just, uh, what's it called when you mash up sex characters. Oh, it's fan fiction. Thank you. Okay. You're writing fan fiction. All hypotheticals Mash are fan fiction. Mashup sex characters <laughs> is what you just call fan fiction. <laughs> and what I will call fan fiction for forever. Yeah, it feels right. Mashup sex characters. That's right. Um, speaking of mashup and sex characters. Well, here we go. <laughs> our final game. Is this person an alien or just rude? Ooh. <laughs> Your new boss invites you into their office and offers you a bowl of soup. <laughs> Oh my god. When you respectfully pass, they insist you eat the soup in front of them so they can watch how you do it. (laughs) Apparently, how you eat soup will reveal a lot about your character. What? While you eat the soup, they laugh maniacally and then transfer you to a different department, but give you a raise. Is this person an alien or just rude? (laughs) Can I, can I, is it a third that you're, he's trying to drug you with the soup? Oh. What it could of, be, but in this case, no. Okay. What kind of soup is it? Uh, no. Cream of mushroom. Ew, Ew. No one eats that like on its own. Ew. I do. You do? <laughs> I'm the boss. No. <laughs> Wait. Okay. I'm sorry. Hold on. So what department were you in? Um, You were in sales. And what department are you in now? Now you're in marketing, but you're the head of marketing. Wow. Are, they the, are those the same? Absolutely oh, not. Oh, no, they're not. They're not. <laughs> sorry. I knew that. I've You've won. never worked at a large corporation in sales or marketing? Neither. No. I worked in IT. <laughs> uh, I, um. Wait, what's I, the question? Do you, oh, is he an are alien? alien or just rude? I think he's just rude. Alien. Alien. Yeah, okay, let me Because in their society... Oh my god, Allison. In their society, a huge, like, their personality test is how you eat soup. Okay. And what does each, what does it mean? What so if you eat mean? soup where the bowl is very far from your mouth and you really, and you really take a risk okay. of, like, getting the spoon oh. all the way up, uh-huh. then you're a strong, confident person. Uh-huh. But if you bring the bowl very close to your mouth and then, like, so you only travel the spoon very... Like very close, uh-huh. then you're weak. I get it, but uh-huh. only in this alien community. I'm into it. So wait, so did you pass, and that's why you got a promotion, or they didn't want to see you again eating soup? Well, you spilled, oh. and so they could never look you in the eye again. Okay, but also you had your bowl far away, so you did still get it. Right. Yes. Okay. So you're confident, but in uh, not good at stuff. Oh my god. Oh. oh my god. You know what? Yeah, I I would love to be confident and not good at stuff. So well, this character is a white man. Most oh, people. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
You had that ready. You handed that to me on a silver platter. Come on. I want to go to therapy. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited. I'm like such a big fan. I'm really, really stoked. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Uh, Where can we find you? Oh, I'm mostly on Instagram at Hardstark. I've fucking taken Twitter off my phone. Oh, great. You know, and like hanging out at a dive bar. Where's the um t- the book? Talk about the book. Oh, it's called Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered. It's a dual memoir, and Karen and I just write about our fucked up, crazy bullshit <laughs> past things in like in like kind of like a self help book, mm-hmm. and it's yeah, it's fun. Lovely. And yeah. it's available wherever books are sold. It and you is. guys, audiobook, you guys read parts yeah. of it, right? And so did Paul Giamatti. <laughs> he came on and fucking recorded. Paul Giamatti what? recorded some of the audiobooks. I've never heard a better endorsement for I anything know. in my life. <laughs> I know. I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, stick around after the break. We'll be talking about fandom, not fan fiction, unfortunately. Not sex character mashup. <laughs> Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for Topics. X, 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 baby. You added too many X's. I gotta spice it up. Mm. I can't just say the same thing every time. And to be fair, you do love your X's. (laughs) Zing. Yeah, some of them. (laughs) Uh, This week, we're going to talk about fandom. Does it go too far? Are celebrities responsible for how their fans act? I love when you read the things I write. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're like looking at your notes like, why did we pick this? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, why did, I didn't pick shit. You do. I want to give you credit. <laughs> um, so what caused me to want to do this is, a f- uh, I'd say over a month ago, I um, tweeted something about finding... Taylor Swift's lyrics in the, her new single, Me, a bit controversial. Yeah. and Because my whole thing is, like, I, I'm not a strong believer in, like, if you can't take me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a, a song that, look, we love Brendan Urie. Uh, you, you like Taylor Swift. Yes. You're coming at it from a, a criticism from a place of love. And it you I think that the song was very, like promoting of like one person being toxic in the relationship yeah and being like but you have to put up with this because i'm the best that you're gonna get and so i i sort of like tweeted out something about that and um like also while proclaiming my love for brendan (laughs) yuri and i got attacked in a way that i have never been attacked online before which is crazy because i uh say shit about Republicans and Trump all the time. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. It's not like I have, like, a very uh, benign online presence. Right. I'm, like, tweeting about mental illness. I'm tweeting about politics. I'm tweeting yeah. about weed. Like, all these potentially controversial things. Yeah. And I have never been attacked, like, the way that I was attacked by Taylor Swift fans. Oh, well, here's the thing. There are certain fandoms that I just know not to fuck with. 
But like I, I was I got like afraid and I deleted the tweet and and still a week or two after I was still getting attacked for it, even though I deleted the tweet. People went to my Instagram, all my Instagram comments were people tweeting or were people commenting that I should listen to me getting death threats. Yep. Like and one girl on a photo of me rock climbing was like, I hope you fall and die. <gasps> and I like went to her profile and it was just like nature shots. Yeah, and exactly. it's probably like some 15-year-old girl. Yeah. And so that to me is so much scarier than uh, like a creepy re- incel Republican man yeah. who, who like tells me to kill myself. Because I expect it from him and it's like obvious that this man is like unhealthy yeah. and like has the wrong perspective on things. But that these like young girls turn so violent and evil and malicious over a, a tweet. <laughs> oh, so violent. You know what's interesting with that kind of stuff is I'm like, they don't know you. Like you're defending these this person, this famous oh, person. Oh, they don't know, right. As if, as if they're your friend. And so I'm that, sorry to tell you, Taylor Swift doesn't give a shit about you. <laughs> or she, she uh, no, she's someone who like does care about her fans. But like, would Taylor Swift want you to be telling me you want me to die? Absolutely not. Right. That is so against her message. I know. And that's where it's like so interesting because I feel like these really strong female uh pop singers who like are very much about feminism and unity yeah like their fans are the most vicious yeah i mean you don't fuck with ariana grande fans no they will murder you mm-hmm. you don't fuck with um fifth harmony fans they'll, they'll kill you beyonce i mean that one woman who like was misconstrued that beyonce was annoyed at her at a, a basketball I know. game like attacked as if she had like uh, like been a serial killer and i don't get it like i guess because i've never been a, a fan like that but like what is compelling these people to behave that way i think there is a jump on mentality like so you be- you believe centering around this person that you are part of a community okay and so the community likes to like do stuff together so they love to jump on people because they love to be like, uh, this is a bonding activity for us. This is my guess. This is like a thing we're doing as fans, as a group. Or do they do they think that these celebrities need them to do this for them? No, of course not. No, I Beyonce think, doesn't I think, need. I think they think that they do. I think that they think that they're like protecting them. Which yeah. is, I think that there is sort of like a deity element of it. Yeah. Where these people have taken on like a more powerful than human yes. quality and they've become idols and yes. they're like being worshipped and it's as if I'm speaking out against like the Islam God. Yes, yes, and Allah. It's, yeah. yeah, and it's like that sort of like ferociousness. Or like if you were like Jesus sucks. That's, yes. Yeah. That is like literally, I, I mean, I think I would get less pushback. Absolutely. If I said that. Absolutely. Well, it's also, it's not just like pop singers. Like the most hate I've ever gotten was when I wore a Hillary Clinton t-shirt in a photo um, because, and it wasn't from Trump people. It was, I was attacked for like days from Bernie fans. Yeah. Like, and and there's been a lot of talk where people are like, Bernie, why don't you condemn these people who do this? And he's kind of wishy-washy about it. Well, that's how I also feel about these uh, pop stars. Yeah, you like, and they always give these like very benign statements. We're like, guys, come on. But they never actually do or say anything to stop it. 
I think one time Ariana Grande messaged a girl who was getting attacked and was like, I'm really sorry about this. She did. Yeah, yeah she did. But some of them will encourage it. Like, I've definitely seen um, uh, things where Nicki Minaj will, specifically, Nicki Minaj will encourage it. But that's like, that is so scary to me. But it's, then the question is like, is it their responsibility to, I, I think it is. It I is. think it is their responsibility to be like, do not behave this way. Like, yeah. part of being, part of putting music out there, part of being a creative entity is that it's subjective and not everybody is going to like everything that I do. Yeah. So you have to, you have to, I think it's your responsibility to say that you don't approve of it and you don't like it. There's, a, there, but there's also a thing where you lose control of your fans. Like, I was just yeah. talking to, to someone about this where, like, Nirvana... Kurt Cobain was, like, a feminist. He was, like, very, like, social justice-based. He was, like, you know, their music was supposed to be very underground and very, like, different. And then somehow Nirvana became this this band that, like, bros were into. Oh, really? Yeah, and Kurt Cobain was, like, upset about it all the time. He didn't understand how that had happened. He didn't understand how his fan base had become this. And he was, like, never really, like, sure. Like, he was, like, felt very guilty about it. Um, and so I think like there's a thing too where sometimes as an artist your your stuff is misinterpreted and it just gets away from you. I get that. Like it's whenever like people's songs are used to like the Republican convention. Exactly. And then the musicians are like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I think sometimes it just like gets misconstrued and gets away from you. And there's tons of people where like, you know, so, someone, I don't have this opinion, but someone was like, uh, Imagine Dragons is a good band and the guy from Imagine Dragons does a lot of really great ally work. However, fans of Imagine Dragons suck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I don't necessarily agree with that, but I was like, that is a thing that happens. But I think that that speaks to the fact that these artists, especially the ones that have a cult-like following, yeah. they need to almost put up guidelines yeah. for how their fans should be behaving on social media yeah. because so many of their fans are so young. Yeah. And like they they don't know maybe they don't know any better. I mean so many of those comments that I got I, I think those girls are probably not even 18 years old. Absolutely. Like it's terrifying to me. Yeah. Like I can't imagine being so violent and malicious and like hateful yeah. to just like another and like to a female creator. Yeah. I'm not I'm not your enemy. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm like, I I didn't like the lyrics to a song. And yes. you're going to come at me and cancel me and, like, attack me. So that's only, like, the tip of the iceberg in terms of, like, I'm sure what other people have said in the, and the hate and the attack that they've gotten. Oh, absolutely. Like, I feel like there needs to be some sort of, like, movement with these, like, top these especially these top women yeah yeah where they're yeah. like here is what i do not want from you mm -hmm. like i love your love and support but like do like do not punch down mm -hmm, do not like mm -hmm. like a swarm it's okay that people don't like me yeah mm -hmm. like somebody's got to say that because it's really it's scary it's terrifying and it's like really like getting and and, and i'm not talking about just being like I disagree with you, but you're right. It's violent. It's violent. Yeah. And it's like, and I'm I'm curious, like, I, I don't know, right? Because I'm not in these girls' heads. But when they read that tweet, are they like, ugh, that's annoying. And then they write back, die. Yeah. Or are they like, actually like, 
so worked up and yes. so upset and so offended yes. that they then write back, die. Yes. Like, that's scary. Like, that's not healthy. <laughs> yeah. They also co-opt a lot of language. And I, I assume most of the fandom is is young white women. And they co-opt a lot of um, AAVE, African-American vernacular, because they have just seen it on Twitter. So they're young. They don't know. And they'll just, they're repeating, they're parroting what they've heard. So like, cancel her, sis. Or like stuff like that, like that's not the tea, or like what that's not what we're about to do, or whatever. It's so, so it's like they're just they just want to be a part of something, so they're sort of parroting this language, reusing the same gifts. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. not. There's no original thought there. It's just like, uh, it's just scary to me because you just shouldn't be so tied to celebrity. Absolutely. Like these are artists and they're musicians yeah. and yeah, like you don't know them. Like it's great to like love them and and care about them, but like you can't take these things so personally. Mm-hmm. Like I love Law and Order SVU. I love <laughs> okay. it. I love it. I know there are valid criticisms of it. I know that people don't like certain characters on it that I love. I know that people are very critical of the show. Yeah. I'm not on social media being like, if you don't like Mariska Hargitay, you can fucking die. Right. <laughs> like, I, there's no impulse to do that because I'm like, I understand. It's not a perfect, you know, it's not a perfect show. And same for me with The Bachelor and yeah. like The Bachelor Nation. Like, I often, because I comment about it and how much I like it and I'm yeah. watching it and I get a lot of comments where people are like, I can't believe that you support this show mm-hmm. that like pits women against each other like that. And like, honestly, when I read that, I'm like, oh, I kind of like re-examine it and I'm, and the only the only defense I have is that they also pit men against each other. Right. <laughs> you know, but, like, but that's a con- that's an actual argument. That's right. not someone being like, oh, you like The Bachelor? Die. No, but I'm saying so in that in that sense, they're doing what I did. They're 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 criticizing. They're giving a, yeah. a, a valid criticism. Oh, and then criticism. you don't go to them and then I don't go, go to the- fuck you, I hope you fall off a exactly. mountain. Exactly. Yeah. I, I like I don't engage with it really. Yeah. And then I but like it makes it does make me like think about it. Is this because we're older? Like, I stan a lot of people. But if someone said, like, I don't like Tom Holland, I wouldn't be like, you know, like, I'll be like, well, that's your opinion. But this is, again, gets to me, like, not understanding the actual, like, tone of it because it's all on social media. Yeah. No, like, no, no. It, 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 it you're feels reading like, the tone it correctly. It feels like there is, like, true emotion there. Yes. You're reading the tone correctly. And there's a lot of – and I, and th- there's certain people that – foster this about themselves that that don't really say anything about it but i'm always curious like why like why those people <laughs> you know i one thing i will say is i love fandom in the sense that it, it's community mm-hmm. i like when it's like you know people get together and it's like very sweet i also think that there are sometimes where creators purposefully stoke fandom and i don't like that and what i'm talking about is there was an incident with um with um, the show Supergirl. Okay. Where a lot of people ship these two characters together, two women. And um, there is a lot of evidence that, like, they flirt, whatever, but they're both presumably straight. The two actresses know about it. They went on a, 
a show they were on, like getting interviewed and someone brought up like, hey, people ship your characters. And they just like fully made fun of it and were like, those people are delusional. This is fucking stupid, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of the fans were really, really hurt. Yeah. Because it kind of took this turn of like, oh, why is it so insane that we would ship two women together? But that like, just happened with Killing Eve and Sandra Oh. Yeah, saying like, I mean, Killing Eve is like explicitly romantic. And then I think Sandra Oh was like, no, it's not. No, it's not. not. (laughs) And so like there is a part of me that's like, let, like, first of all, don't ever piss off queer fandom. Do not. What you want is queer fans. You, that's what you want because they are diehard. Right. And they, and they, and not in a, a scary, violent way. Like they will, they will just like follow you and love you and like buy your shit. And like you, that's, that's what you want. Um, but like, so I don't understand really alienating, alienating that. And in that case, I think it was interesting because they all kind of came together and were like consoling each other and sort of being like, look, it's okay. Like, it's, you know, we're still valid. We're still valid lesbian fans of this show. Like, it was, it, 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 um, it became a thing where, like, I don't think as a creator you should, like, make fun of your fandom, which I think happens no. often. Well, I think a lot of times, especially with actors, they're in projects that they don't necessarily respect. Yeah. So then they don't respect their fans. Yeah, and I hate that. It's really, you know, even if you're doing something that maybe it's not your first choice, the fact that it's bringing joy to people and that people love it and that it's, like, making them excited and it makes it, you know. Yeah. Like, I met uh, Mark Paul whatever. Gossier. Yeah, you know, and like I loved Saved by the Bell growing mm-hmm. up. Like it was huge for me. Mm-hmm. And like I waited for him outside of a off-Broadway play to like tell him like in like fangirl and whatever and he like could not give a fuck <laughs> and was like so rude about it. Yeah. And like as somebody who has people come up to me I can't imagine being that way. Yeah, even even like people that are like, oh my god, I loved you on BuzzFeed. Did right. I have a great time at BuzzFeed? No. No. But, like, I'm not going to be, like, fuck BuzzFeed to their faces. Or, like, ugh. You don't, oh, you don't, but do you, do you follow just between us? Right. (laughs) Do you you like our new stuff, though? Like, who cares? Something I did back then touched them. So, like, that's great. I would never, I would never want people to go and attack anyone on my behalf. I think that we are really lucky in our fan base. I, I am like consistently like shocked and and like and touched by how wonderful they are. Kind, so kind, and like you'll very see, empathetic fans. Yes, and like you'll even see that their dialogue is different. Where if one person questions something one of us has done, and then the other person will like take the time to explain it if yeah. like there may be misunderstanding, and then that first person is like, "Oh, you're right. I I like didn't get that. Thank you." Yeah, like that is what interactions on social media should be. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, oh, you said that about Gabby? Die, bitch. <laughs> like, our fans yeah. don't do that. <laughs> and like, thank you. Please never do that. I, I mean, I guess I guess my takeaways are I, I feel like almost there needs to be like this code of conduct yes. that celebrities sign on to and that they post and that they say this is how I this is how I would love for my fans to interact with each yes. other and these are the things that I don't approve of and this is how I would love for my fans to interact with um detractors yes exactly and I, I I just I don't think anyone's ever really like done it that explicitly before I just think if you're a fan of someone reevaluate how you treat like it's not your business who likes and who doesn't like them and also think about what their values are. Are they somebody who would want that? Would they want you bashing other women? Probably not. No, Taylor Swift does not want you telling other women to die. 
She doesn't. You heard it here first, folks. Don't tell other people to die. <laughs> I mean, that is, and like, also it makes you look bad. If you're a Bernie fan who's doing that to people, it doesn't make Bernie look good. No, it makes Bernie look terrible. Exactly. And that's why we should all vote for Elizabeth Warren. Obviously. Melissa, want to come on in and give us your thoughts? I'm here. Hello, <laughs> Melissa. Hello. So what do you think? Lay it on us. I'm going to give it 4.987 pills. <gasps> pills! pills! We love pills! I love to break pills into 0.97. <laughs> Crush them, snort them. <laughs> I've had pills that you have to break in half and I just couldn't. You can't physically. It's hard they to do. They pill cutters. It don't, they don't work. Have you tried a pill cutter? I've, I've got a good one. Oh, my dad's was terrible. Mm. It flew everywhere. <laughs> I rate it um, 10 out of 10 cats because Georgia loves cats. Okay. She's I got- like looking at cats, but I don't like cats. I feel Aww. the same way. Right? No, I, I don't even on- like looking at them. <laughs> oh, actually, three out of- she's got three cats, so three out of three cats. Oh, that's smart. That's smart. Yeah. What did we all learn? Well, I learned... Um, I learned a lot about how we feel about fandom mm-hmm. and how maybe there's some backlash happening that we just don't, you know, we just should have some awareness that even if you're a big fan of someone, that doesn't mean you can attack people that don't like that person. And give them death threats. And yeah, exactly. Like idolizing someone so much that you don't even know is a bad idea. Shocking. Shocking news breaking here on Just Between Us. And also, they don't need you to defend them. (laughs) Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that you guys brought up that the um, like celebrity not speaking out against um, Mm -hmm. their fans that do this. Yeah. And I've never thought about that before, but I do feel like that's something that needs to be done. I think so, too. Because it's like you're a normal person. You don't need to be attacked on behalf of someone who has millions of dollars. Yeah. Exactly. They're going to be fine. Yeah. (laughs) I remember I had like a sleepless night one night and it was like, it was really early, like three o'clock in the morning. One of those like news talking head shows. And this woman said something really like rude about Beyonce Mm -hmm. and I texted my friend that was living in Australia at the time I was like keep a like look out on this woman's Instagram I guarantee in like within an hour as people start waking up it's gonna be like beehive all over it and we stayed up and like we watched it happen oh god (laughs) what did she say about I don't even remember it was something stupid that she shouldn't have said but I knew what was coming it's terrifying but the power but do you it's You're too allowed, much power. You know what I mean? It's too much power. Yeah. <laughs> um, my funniest part was, I guess, just George's face during the hypotheticals. Although no one can, no one can <laughs> yeah, hear the that. Part that you can't ever experience. Exactly. Was the best part of the exactly. show. Uh, I think. Well, also, when you burned me so fucking hard, <laughs> Jesus. You know, you gotta get burned to heal. I'm scalded and I'll never recover. <laughs> I'll get you some aloe, babe. Oh God. <laughs> I feel talked down to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was. I really liked like the soup part. <laughs> Thank you. Um, do you watch You're the Worst? I've watched I, yeah. some of it, but not there that much. There was like a part where Pom- Paul F. Tompkins was playing a version of himself, but like as a horrible showrunner for a show, and oh. he made one of the characters like forcibly eat soup. Really? Yeah, as like a hazing thing, and so that's what I thought of. <laughs> It's a great way to haze people. Yeah. God. Because all good people love soup. 
That's a nightmare. If you don't love soup, I don't trust you. Forcing for someone to eat cream of mushroom. Yummy, yummy. That's disgusting. If it was like chicken noodle, fine. What about vegetarians? Okay, if it was like vegan chicken noodle soup, fine. <laughs> Do you know how disgusting that would be? Vegan chicken noodle I don't know, soup? but I bet they make it. <laughs> right in, vegans. That's a fandom we can't fuck with. <laughs> vegans? Vegans are just like that. I right know. in, vegans. Let us know how to make vegan chicken noodle soup. And don't Please. be mean to us. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much to Georgia for being a guest on our show. I still can't believe we got her. I know. I'm such a fan. I'm losing it. I know. Just Between Us is hosted by me, Gabby Dunn. And me, Allison Raskin. Our engineer is Brendan Burns. He also composed our theme music. Our producer is Melissa D. Motts. And our supervising producer is Josephine Martirana. Our executive producer is Chris Bannon. And Just Between Us is a production of Stitcher. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. We can't steal their That's lies. That's what say at the end. Oh, God. It's just, it's an homage. Nasty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ours is just nasty. Nasty. <laughs> Stitcher. The mob, the mafia, the syndicate, the family. Once you're in, you're in, you can't get out. What we know about the mafia, it's all about the guys. But there's another side of the mob in the 20th century, and it's just as dangerous, but in a totally different way. Especially if you're a gay man, a drag queen, or a woman. We're talking about the underworld of New York City's very first drag clubs and the woman that's right a woman who ran them a woman named anna genovese anna was the goddess she's a tough old bird who was this mob queen with the insight and ability to write her own ticket in a man's world that's what we want to know who is anna genovese Mob Queens is out now. You can listen on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.